three, two, one. another week of sower mlb on the sower in the states baseball podcast this is chris the mls card guy our co-host emmy award winner trip and b is sick so he is out we have recruited one of our other co-hosts to come and help me out this evening a man that's been on the baseball podcast before you know him as alec how are you today sir I am good as a, I guess, this honorary co-host of this episode. Does that mean Trippin's Emmys transfer over to me or kind of what's the uh, what's the process on that? You have uh, for about an hour here. You can call yourself a replacement for an Emmy winner. OK, let me let me quickly update the uh, the Twitter, update bio your resume, to, to update that, your update Twitter bio resume and be a real shame if I forgot to change that after the episode. But we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, hey. Sometimes the internet may go down and you may not be able to change things. That's just that's a part real of life. shame. Real shame life, if that know? Emmy winning just stays in the uh, in the Twitter bio for me. No, no replacement for Emmy winning. Repla- ah, tomato, tomato, same yeah. thing. I mean, it still says Emmy winning. You know, I just I just only see that part. Assistant to the regional manager. Assistant to the regional manager. For those that live in the United States and like the office, yeah, that's a good good callback. So, some baseball is finally sort of kind of happening. Uh, we have actually a few things to get to today. We're going to talk some card swaps. We've got certain, our new collecting missions uh, or lack thereof. Uh, some some uh, uh, some news that people may not have seen because it was just kind of a a throw in tweet from David Baitao. But we're going to talk about private leagues. And then we got some actual free agent news with uh, with the winter meetings going on. Uh, so let's start with that free agent news. Obviously, biggest news so far is Cody Bellinger heading up to Chicago to the old Cubbies. How, how does that make you feel, Alec? I'm very excited about it. Obviously, getting a former MVP into that lineup is going to be huge. Um, I am a little nervous, though, um, because at about this time last year, or excuse me, two years ago, um, the Cubs signed Jock Peterson out of free agency. Um, on a similar deal and then ended up trading him for some prospect. I can't even remember his name. Um, he was hitting a buck 25 or so in single a for a while. So um, I'm and, a little uh, nervous that uh, what happened to Jock Peterson that season, Jock Peterson got traded to the Atlanta Braves and went on to win a world series. And yeah. pro- I guess it's safe to say finished second in um, MVP voting to also former cub Jorge Soler. So um, I guess the the 2021 World Series somewhat has an asterisk in a good way because it's it's half of a Cubs World Series there. But um, I'm I'm excited for Bellinger. I think it's going to be great. Um, Wrigley Field is a very hitter friendly ballpark, so um, if he can kind of he's been in a slump the past two years or so, but if he can kind of figure it out, um, I think that's going to be a, a great destination for him as well. Um, obviously getting up to play in, in Milwaukee a bunch of times for him. So kind of some great hitters ballparks in that division. Um, so I think it's going to translate well, both in Sober and hopefully for uh, for some wins for the Cubbies. Yeah, I mean, this was a guy that was still playing fairly regularly for the Dodgers on one of the deepest lineups in Major League Baseball. And now he kind of moves to, like you said, a better hitters ballpark. He's He's got the the light tower power that you kind of look for in your Sober hitters. Is he being like severely undervalued right now? Right now, there's a rare card for 0.04 on the market and a limited for 0.008. 
is that way undervalued for a guy that's got 40 home run potential and is moving to a better place and is now going to hit higher up in an order? I think a little bit yes, a little bit of no. Um, his slump really, after he won MVP, and I want to say that was 2019, um, he he hit 305 that year uh, with, let's see, 47, 47 home runs, home runs. 15 RBI. Um, 2020, obviously a shortened season. So, you know, 12 home runs, you can't really look at it like that in 56 games. So really he's looking at about 30 or so there. Um, but the average plummeted down to 239. 2021 really struggled, only hit 10 home runs in 95 games. Um, had and then a ton this of injuries hit 19. that year, though. I'm sorry? In 21, he had a ton of injuries. Like, he was out he for half the season. He did have a ton of injuries, season. but... And he, granted, he only hit 165, but... He hit 165, you know. but I think the biggest the biggest issue with him is his strikeout rate. Um, his strikeouts have just continued to go up um, ever since that MVP season. So, um, obviously, losing points for strikeouts in so rare is, is going to be a problem. Um, especially because he also doesn't draw a ton of walks. So, you know, you'll get a couple guys that kind of have a, a high strikeout average, but, you know, at the same time, they're also drawing a lot of walks. So, you know, to some extent it kind of cancels out, but, um, with him, it's kind of tough because the strikeouts are way up, the walks are way down and the home runs are down. So it's tough, but I mean, if you're looking for a guy, that's kind of going to be that boomer bust to throw in a lineup and, you know, I think by all means go for it, I'll probably have him in a, in a couple lineups at some point this year. So uh, definitely going to going to take a look on that for sure. Yeah. And I, like you said, Boomer bust for sure. He's, he's a guy that put up 34 points three times last year, and that was hitting 210 and with 19 home runs for the entire season. He still had three games where he put up absolutely massive scores. So um, yeah, I mean, an interesting one, obviously moving to a, a better ballpark, I think is great. Um, and we'll have to see how good the Cubs are. Cause I think that also matters how many people are on base when he hits these dingers. Cause he's going to hit bombs. Like he, the dude's going to hit, uh, will he hit 40? I don't know. Will he hit 20? Yeah, probably. I mean, he hit 19 last year with a limited time. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Good move for the Cubs. Still hit a, I think 20, I'd say probably 25 is a kind of a better range for that. Um, the top yeah. half of the order for the Cubs is fairly decent. Um, plus, they're looking after um, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa. Um, I just mm. saw today Dominic Smith from, excuse me, from the Mets. So um, they're going after guys in free agency. Obviously, Seiya Suzuki, um, you know, they already have on the roster and my boy Nico Horner. So, you know, they've got Are you some worried about Nico going after shortstops? Yes and no. I mean, Nico can always move to second base if needed. Um, and I think Correa and Bogarts can as well. But at the same time, having that depth there with the universal DH. I mean, if you're Nico's probably a better fielder, I'd say then Correa, I'm not entirely sure about Bogart. So Nico's probably going to be in the field most days. But if you're throwing one of those guys at DH, I mean, you're still that's a solid lineup right there. Sure. Um, so, I mean, if Bellinger's hitting behind those guys, those guys are probably going to get on base a lot. And um, if the home run opportunities aren't there, at least, you know, the sack fly or the, you know, just moving a guy over to help someone down the line. So, um, yeah. you know, the opportunities there, it's just going to be that the strikeout numbers really make me nervous with Bellinger. Cause I mean, there were times this past season where he just looked like he couldn't hit anything. Right. Yeah. Definitely watch the strikeouts. Try to keep that average up a little bit. Like you said in two, in 2019, he hit three Oh five. So he can do it. It's just, can he find that swing again? Cause if he can, he's an absolute, like he's, he's basically Aaron judge. Like he and judge were going head to head that year. Um, and, and, you know, it was back and forth all year long. So uh, definitely an interesting one to uh, to kind of watch. Uh, in other news, our guy, uh, our guy Trippin's not feeling too well. 
But I'm sure he was feeling a little better when he saw the DeGrom to uh, to the Rangers news. Big, big deal for Jacob DeGrom. Uh, do you know a lot about the Rangers? Like, do you know how, how this helps them? I mean, obviously, they're looking for a lot of pitching. They got those, those uh, Seager and Simeon. Yeah, I mean, they got Seager and Simeon. Um, you know, obviously losing Joey Gallo is, was a big loss for them. But um, I was I was excited to talk to Trippin about this, kind of pick his thoughts on it. So Trippin, buddy, hope you're doing better. But um, I think just from a from a contract perspective, I think the Rangers kind of were a good fit because um, they're really not super close to to being a contender. Um, you can kind of afford to to throw a five year. I think it was one hundred and eighty five million dollar contract at a guy. And if it doesn't fully work out, at least you still have a big name. You're still selling tickets, getting people out there. Um, and at the end of the day, that's still a big name that you're having in that locker room to coach up some of these young guys in the bullpen and just your starters in general. So um, I think it's a good fit. I don't really think it makes the Rangers that much better. Um, there's just still a, a ton of holes that they that they need to fix and um, kind of improve on. But I mean, I think it's going to be a good signing for him and, um, also kind of moving out of the, the AL East, I think helps them as well, just as a pitcher too, because, you know, now you're not facing the Braves a bunch. Um, the Phillies are going to be insane. Washington's yeah. kind of hit or miss. Um, so, you know, Houston's obviously going to be tough, but losing Correa is, is interesting. Um, you know, the angels still have Trout and Otani, but at the same time, the Mariners are at times very streaky. Um, and the Oakland A's are borderline you know you can call him a baseball team or not so um, he's getting a bunch of starts against those teams which would be you know very huge if you can kind of pick him up for for on the cheap yeah it's an interesting move um definitely for DeGrom and I mean to me this signals like the Rangers are gonna spend more somewhere like they spent last year with Simeon and Seager and now like this is three big 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 pieces like it it kind of seems a little odd to me to just spend on these three guys and then not do anything else I feel like they're going to try to plug some holes and make the playoffs. Like I, I, I mean, I, I would expect more signings to the, to the Rangers this off season for sure. I'm not like following super closely and maybe tripping can give us more next week uh, or whenever we do our next episode. Um, but uh, that that's an interesting move and kind of signals the Rangers intent. And also I don't think DeGrom goes there. If the Rangers say, yeah, we're going to be below 500 and you're not going to make the playoffs with us. I think they had to have sold him on, Hey, we're going to, we're going to spend a bunch of money. We're going to get some names in here and we're going to compete. Um, Cause I think DeGrom just at a point in his career where he's not going to go somewhere where he thinks there's no chance to compete. Um, you mentioned, especially as a, as a starting pitcher too. I mean, a hitters, you know, every now and then you'll get a guy that just kind of chases the big contract, but as a starting pitcher, if you're looking at, you know, your loss column, that just keeps racking up. Like, kind of like what DeGrom did with the Mets for the longest time. His ERA yeah. was incredible, but he barely had any wins because the Mets never got any run support. Yeah. He's not going to want to go to another team that can do that. So um, definitely something that's, that's at least promising for Rangers fans and um, kind of putting some trust in a, you know, if you're going to go pick up a DeGrom card to get that five point bonus at the end, if he's picking up some extra wins. Yeah, for sure. So you, you mentioned kind of leaving the NL East uh, and obviously getting away from the Phillies. And that's uh, partially because Trey Turner is headed to the NL champions. Uh, they add another big bat to their kind of uh, to their lineup. And that lineup looks pretty darn scary right now. And uh, I know with the rule changes next year, is, is Trey Turner just going to be totally unplayable? I mean, obviously he was in a lineup that was crazy good last year. So it's not like he's getting an upgrade in lineup, but he's also not getting a downgrade really. And obviously the rule changes are, are going to drastically help the stolen base numbers for Trey Turner. Um, 
is he another kind of like under the radar by low? I mean, he's not under the radar by any means, but are people underestimating what his potential ceiling could be? I think absolutely. I mean, definitely, you know, you had mentioned the the change in rules. I think you can throw over, what is it? It's two times or three times within an at-bat. So um, for a guy like him, if he knows you can't throw over and he's it's already over. got the the speed, yeah, like he's got the speed where like he can know you're throwing over, he's still going to take second base with ease um, and probably have a pretty cool slide too. That's always fun when when that pops up on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for, for a guy like that, that's going to be huge. You know, he always sits for a good average. Um, has some nice pop hits, a couple doubles, good RBIs. But um, I think those the stolen base numbers with the new rule change are going to absolutely skyrocket, um, you know, for him, but also just for for everyone. I think that's kind of got some speed out there, too. So um, if there's guys that kind of hit for low average that you're kind of hesitant on, but, um, you know, can steal a couple bags here and there, I think by all means, go out and get them. You can throw them in lineups because. You know, with the rule changes there, it's making it easier for, you know, the game to go play faster, but also for guys to steal more bases. And, you know, in that case, just kind of rack up more points, too. Yeah, I mean, if you're only I think it's three times you're allowed to throw over, even after you've thrown over twice. Right. Trey Turner now knows if you throw over again, you literally cannot throw over again. He can get as big a lead as he wants on the third try. So he knows that you're not going to throw over a third time. Right. So honestly, that second time now becomes the time where he can kind of get basically as big a lead as he wants and just go because there's no way that you can throw over unless you get him out. That's the only way you can throw over there. You have to be confident you're going to get him out. Um, so it really does change a whole lot for the base stealers. And yeah, 27 stolen bases this year. Um, definitely look for that number to skyrocket. And the dude hit 300 with 20 home runs and 100 RBI last year. So not only does he have a, a nice high floor because of the stolen bases, but the dude's got some power as well. So he's going to put up some bigger numbers. Um, so, I mean, yeah, Trey Turner could just be absolutely a cheat code next year. Um, there's a couple guys like that that are just going to be absolutely absurd. Um, now, one thing... That I kind of noticed here, obviously, with uh, with all this news kind of breaking, typically the market is going to react to the news that breaks right in the soccer world. Uh, if a guy transfers instantly within a few minutes, like the whole floor is bought up and you have to pay like premium prices and people still are paying the premium prices and you see 10, 12, 15 transfers of limited cards within, you know, five, 10 minutes. I think it's really, really interesting that so far. So I, I tracked a couple of these. DeGrom, since the news broke that he's going to the Rangers, has sold one limited card and one rare card. Trey Turner, since he was going to the Phillies, has sold three limited cards and one rare card. Um, that's not a lot of movement. And they were all at the same price. They were all ba basically base price. No one has decided to pay a premium yet. That's really weird. Like, that that's not what I'm used to. Why do you think that is, maybe? Just off the top of your head, because obviously... Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely interesting. I mean, I'm kind of looking some of this up now and um, was shocked to see kind of the, the lack of cards listed, given that big news, um, especially because you can really get top dollar for, um, especially, you know, Bellinger's kind of hit or miss with that, but DeGrom and Turner are guys that are superstars, you know, at this moment. So um, yeah. I was kind of surprised people weren't really trying to flip them there, but... I feel like part of it might be a lot of people's focus are still on the World Cup with soccer and basketball is still fairly new. Um, so I think people are kind of focusing on that and there's really not a, a whole lot of focus on baseball. Um, yeah. I mean, the markets have or the new auctions at least have really slowed down. Um, and for the most part, just kind of at a quick glance, it feels like it's all guys 
that got either called up late in the year or were young prospects or just didn't have cards. You know, there's really not a a whole lot of big names or even average well-known names out there. So um, I think that kind of has something to do with it. But I do think that people just aren't fully, you know, paying attention to baseball at the moment, um, which kind of on the flip side of that, if you're looking to add up for next year and for years to come, I think now is probably the time. And Chris, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Go out and buy a couple baseball cards. Feel free to kind of, you know, lowball some offers and worst case it gets rejected. But I feel like a lot of people are kind of trying to to load up for soccer or for football um, and kind of for Baker and for uh, basketball. So they're just kind of trying to look at, you know, what money can I get to, to put elsewhere? And um, I think definitely a, a good time to do that for sure. I'm so glad you said that, that this is a great opportunity because that was going to be 100% my point. Uh, it's a hundred percent, a great opportunity right now. If you know what you're doing and you know what you're looking for, imagine you have a Trey Turner card, right? Imagine you have it and you've been trying to sell it since the start of November, right? The end of the world series, the start of November from November 2nd through November 27th, there were zero sales of Trey Turner limited cards auction or on, on, uh, open market. Imagine having that card and wanting to go buy something in soccer and you cannot sell it for a month. Imagine the price you're cut you're willing to take at that point to just get rid of that card so that you can go and get what you want. Like people don't have that much patience. There are tons and tons of deals. If you find anything anywhere near what the floor price should be, you can lowball the crap out of it and just go absolutely ham. Um, and now like even since since November 27th, there's only been four sales. It's not like there's been a ton on, and that's Trey Turner. And he's probably had a ton of action because he, uh, uh, he's moved. Like he's, he's signed a new free agent deal. So yeah, yeah I think a hundred percent, this is a great opportunity um, to, to get in ahead of the curve. Like I was kind of expecting more, um, more action over the off season and more kind of trades and more, you know, this guy was hurt and now he's not going to be hurt. So his price is going to go up type stuff. That's what typically happens over soccer, um, over the soccer off season. There's a ton of, you know, preseason news starts coming out. Trades start happening. Transfers start happening. Um, free agent deals happen and it changes the dynamic, but there's nothing, there's nothing happening. These guys are the same price as they were when the world series hit. Um, and a lot's happened since then. So you can really take advantage of this stuff. Like for example, Trey Turner, right? Who does who else does this benefit on the Phillies? You know, you're all of a sudden I mean, you're throwing a guy at the top of the order. That lineup, yeah, top to bottom. Schwarber, sure, even a guy Schwarber now at the end of hitting be first on base. Yeah, yeah, Schwarber instead of hitting first, he's got guys on base now. Alec Baum gets more opportunities. Uh, Bryce Harper gets a ton more opportunities. Like even those guys have a significant increase in their value now because Trey Turner is going to Philadelphia and their prices I don't believe have moved. Although I haven't actually checked that, so I guess I should check that before I say it. Um, but I think that's where you can find some of this ancillary, uh, you know, you can find some of this ancillary value and even the primary value at this point has not moved at all. Um, so definitely, definitely interesting stuff to kind of make sure that you're, you know, watching this stuff. Um, uh, I have like a tracker on my phone where it's just a Twitter account that says this guy signed with this team, this guy signed with this team. And it just happens instantly. And immediately the thought process that goes through my mind is all right. If this guy signs for this team, how does this change the team that he left? And how does this change the team that he's going to? Um, some guys that might hurt, you know, signing a new player, like like we're talking about Nico Horner with the Cubs. If they do sign a big shortstop, does that hurt his value? I mean, it may not significantly, um, but maybe it does. So, um, yeah, I think it's 
just very interesting to kind of keep an eye on all this stuff. Um, other other news, uh, Josh Bell has now officially moved to the Guardians. Um, Josh Naylor, obviously already at first base. I assume they're going to split the first base DH position. Uh, the Guardians have a pretty good looking lineup. Um, how much does this help with adding Josh Bell? I think it helps them a lot. I mean, obviously making a, a good postseason run last year um, with, you know, outside of Jose Ramirez that that just kind of focusing on the lineup feels like it was very kind of much of a, a ragtag team that they just, you do the little things and you just keep winning games. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the year, you're going through that one through nine and you're like, oh, okay, you know, Jose Ramirez, but there was really no one else on that lineup that kind of was, was making you kind of bat an eye or kind of pay attention to that team. But I mean, everything just kind of clicked for them. So, you know, adding a guy like Josh Bell that, um, you know, can hit for power, but also, you know, before the trade was hitting for good contact as well, you know, it's kind of the same thing as Trey Turner. It helps that lineup top to bottom. It helps the guys, you know, hitting in front. Um, obviously now it gives Josh Naylor some extra days off either to play DH or just a, an extra day of rest here and there. Um, and, and the guardians can kind of, you know, feel content with that lineup subbing out um, Naylor for Josh Bell. So um, I think really all of these big moves that went through really what seems like the last 24, 48 hours, um, I think definitely helps that whole lineup top to bottom. Um, I think it it hurts the Padres a little bit losing a bat like that, but at the same time, you still have Juan Soto, so you know you're fine. I know Chris, you're a, a huge fan from your uh, your original common Ugh. team of Juan Soto, Ugh. but um, yeah, that's uh, looking back, that was a tough one. But I mean, yeah, it it, it hurts the Padres. Um, I'm not sure how much it moves the needle for the do Guardians, they, but it, do mean, they still have Will Myers still in addition? So. I want to say they do. I'm not entirely sure on their, their contract situation. Um, I can't tell if he's a free agent or not. But yeah, I mean, Jake Cronin he's not a free agent. Big that for probably them in the postseason really too. helps Will Myers, right? I don't think. Yeah, it helps Will Myers. Um, if Brandon Drury, I think he's still got a couple of years left after that trade from the Reds over to San Diego. That helps him. Um, really, everyone in that whole infield because it's it's one extra app. Or I shouldn't say one extra at bat. Um, it's one extra spot that needs to be filled. So. You know, you're looking at a couple, couple extra at-bats a week there or some chances in the field to really make a name for yourself. So um, it definitely kind of kind of helps them as well, even though they're losing a, a good bat. Yeah, it looks like Will Myers was playing a lot of first base for the Padres toward the end of the year. He was kind of switching off with, uh, with Bell. Um, so, yeah, definitely maybe some more opportunity for Will Myers. So, so again, um, just kind of keeping in mind, you know, what does that change for the Guardians? What does it change for the Padres? Um other news. So obviously the DeGrom news broke and then minutes later, the Mets had their response and they go and sign only one of the best pitchers of all time, Justin Verlander. Um, so that's cool. We love to see more great arms coming to the NLEs. This is great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love Verlander. I hope he's too old though now because I don't like the Mets at all. Um, I don't know. Is uh, Is the Mets stadium like is it more of a hitter's ballpark or pitcher's ballpark? Like, is he going to have the same numbers that he kind of put up in Houston? Uh, I mean, he's still a guy that regardless of the ballpark, it feels like has been very well, especially kind of um, later on in his career. He's really started to kind of, you know, find what he had, you know, in his younger years when he won the Cy Young. Um, he's probably going to win it again this year. Um, I believe. Not with the you hit bombs off him. With Acuna, but also something to keep in mind, though, um, the Mets are moving. I think it's right center. They're moving it in a couple feet to add a, a another group space or premium area. So 
Um, bringing that well in obviously helps Mets hitters, but then hurts Mets pitchers on the flip side of that. Um, so for a guy like Verlander, it can be, you know, a little tough, but I mean, he's still got the stuff for it. Um, it's a good contract for them. That's, I think it was what, two years, it's two years. Um, yeah. So yeah, kind of, kind of like hurts 88 million Ron leave. Yeah. 88 million for two that's years. A, so that's a lot AAV like annual value. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but I mean, Steve Cohen's gonna kind of basically write a blank check whenever he sees fit. So it's it's great for the Mets, and you know, I'm sure you were excited to to kind of see a big arm leave the division just to later that day kind of have the minutes flip side later. Of it. Oh, congrats! Yeah, Justin Verlander's coming in instead, so um, that's gonna be interesting to see. But yeah, I think kind of bringing in the the outfield wall a little bit's gonna make it tough. But Verlander's still got the stuff that. Maybe he gives up one or two extra home runs because of it, but it's not something to to panic about. Speaking about minutes later, things happening. We got big news today. Aaron Judge is going to the Giants. Except, oh wait, just kidding. He's actually maybe not. We ha- we actually don't know yet. He's not confirmed to do anything yet. Um, yeah, that that story kind of broke, and I was like, oh my gosh, Aaron Judge to the Giants. It's crazy. And then uh, like minutes later, it was retracted saying, yeah, we actually don't know that he's going there. Uh, The whole judge sweepstakes. Where's the best spot for him to land from a sower perspective? Is it back in New York with that ballpark or is it better for him to kind of get somewhere else and get in a different lineup? Uh, I mean, from a from a sower perspective, obviously playing in Yankee Stadium with the short porch is phenomenal. Um, So that's from a true ballpark perspective i think that's the best fit for him um i I think the dodgers want to contend um they won a hundred plus games two years ago and then this past year things just excuse me kind of fell apart um they still won like 111 they they definitely want to yeah i mean they they, they're still really a a solid team kind of top to bottom um you know they got some young talent there kind of decent pitching so um i think san francisco san francisco is a good place for him to go um, it also something to kind of keep in mind, kind of gets them out of the the colder weather in New York and Boston and all those places up east um, early on in the season and late where it's it's warm year round in San Francisco. So um, for kind of keeping Is track it? of his body and keeping him healthy. Is I'd it really so, yeah. warm in San Francisco? Because they got that bay. They got the no, it's like really windy the bay, and cold I mean, there, isn't it? I don't know. It's maybe it's just I don't me, know. But I don't really want to play a game in New York in, in oh, late no. March, early April. So no way. Um, yeah, from that perspective, it's good, but yeah, I wouldn't want to be in Pittsburgh either. Oh no. Terrible place um, to live. Yeah. But definitely don't man, want to play baseball I mean, games there. I, I think if he had to pick probably going back to New York, given the talent that's on that roster right now and the proven track record to spend essentially whatever it takes to get a competitive roster, um, is probably the best for him as a so rare player. Um, but as a as a true baseball person or player and a human being, New York is one of the most difficult places to play. The fan base is brutal. The like it's just there's so much pressure. So I could kind of see that's why he wants to get out of New York um, and go into a place like San Francisco where they're passionate, but they're not gonna, you know, they're not yelling stuff at you. You know, after one single strikeout, like they're they're gonna support you. And um, I would also love to see if he goes to San Francisco. Um, the giant baseball glove that the Giants have out in left field um, and the yeah. giant Coke bottle would love to see Judge just absolutely crank one into the glove or <laughs> um, even go opposite field into McCovey Cove. So that would be uh, that'd be really cool to see. 
Yeah, for sure. And talking about fans that were screaming things at him in New York, I was one of those people that was screaming at him for flying out to deep left field when we needed him to hit one home run to see history, but we didn't <laughs> didn't get to see history. Um, possibly the biggest free agent story that that has broken so far. Uh, G Man Troy to the Pirates. Your thoughts? Yeah, that was a that was a sneaky deal. I think that was a trade about a month ago or so. Um, G Man Troy was actually the, if I remember correctly the first limited card that you bought. I remember you asking me about him and um, I've always be been on a the fan test. of his. Who did what Chris did buy first? Who did Chris buy yeah, first? That's on the test. This will be on the quiz after the show. So for everyone listening, make sure you write that down. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of a sneaky move um, for him. He he was kind of solid to start the year last year. Um, kind of missed a bunch of time um, for, uh, he got injured with a uh, with a groin injury, which as a first baseman always makes it tough. So yeah, um, you know, that, that kind of hurt him a little bit, but um, I think he's kind of a, a solid fit and obviously coming to Pittsburgh now where, where I get to go see him a couple times a year, it'd be kind of nice, but um, that was a sneaky one. And I think, uh, you know, former slugger uh, Carlos Santana also just signed with mm. the, uh, the Pirates too. So he's a, uh, he's up there in age. I'm not really sure what he can still do with a bat, but um, that's a guy that if you're looking for kind of some nostalgia or just a, a fun card to have, if you're a, a Guardians fan, that could always be something too. Pirates are going to have a really good double A team next year. Like they're serious talent for the double A. And uh, maybe they finally don't lose a hundred games this year. Maybe they get it down to 98 or 99, but uh, that might be uh, too big of a jump for them. We'll see. Anyone ever lost 150 in a year? We'll see. That's, that's going to be a good one. Um, The great lakes league better watch out next year. Great lakes league better watch out. We'll see. (laughs) All right. So we went through a lot of the free agent stuff. That's that's enough baseball talk. I need to get some so rare talk in here. Let's talk. Let's talk about private league. So our guy, David Baitau, uh, friend of the show, who we have to we actually might have to get back on here at some point. Uh, he kind of he kind of threw some some responses to someone out on Twitter. And I don't know exactly what they were talking about. It was Robbie that was talking um, and they were kind of talking about like different leagues and, you know, maybe different challenges that they could do. Uh, and David Baitau kind of chimes in and uh, he goes, we're working on bringing smaller private leagues to the U S to the extent we allow customization or specific game rules slash leaderboards is still TBD details still being worked out, but would be different than private leagues in the Sora global cup. We're working hard on a couple new things by Christmas. Um, that's some, that's some breaking news. What do you think about private leagues? I mean, I think it'd be fun to kind of play, you know, you and Trippin and and some of the other people uh, kind of in the community and just have a little, you know, friendly, uh, friendly game where I win everything. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully you don't win everything. But um, I think it'd be cool to have the private leagues going, uh, especially, you know, if they're able to kind of do was it either the custom rules or, or, you know, really just any customization with that as well. Um, yeah. It'd just be kind of cool because, you know, it's always fun to to kind of look and say, oh, you know, I know we have our, our little bet during the baseball season for um, commons where whoever wins the uh, the two commons that were, I guess you have the first game week and the the weekend game week where whoever wins the uh, two gets to uh, get free lunch that week. So um, yeah. that's always fun. Loser buys lunch. See, yeah, if you actually get to see the leaderboard and you see, you know, one of four, two of four, whatever it is, I mean, that'd be that'd be really fun to see. And also just kind of gets the uh, the bragging rights kind of more built out and um, if you're able to kind of customize whether it's setting your lineup or scoring or or whatever it might be, um, just kind of makes it fun and also brings more utility to the game. Um, there's already a ton of utility with these cards, but knowing that you can now, you know, really kind of customize a lineup 
um, essentially any way you want to to play directly with friends, I think would be a lot of fun to do. And it makes me want to invite my friends, right? Alec doesn't know this, but there are many times last year where I told him he lost and he had to buy me lunch when he actually won. So um, yeah. it's great to now to now be able to like invite my friends and say, hey, like I'm playing this, I'm playing this game and I think it'd be cool if you could play. And it'd be really cool to get some, you know, obviously having this stuff in the actual normal game with the normal cards would be cool. But I think it'd be really fun to just have like kind of a no holds barred common league where it's just like you can customize the rules to whatever you want. Uh, you can make it so that, you know, points don't like say home runs only like a home run derby league like I've pitched before. Um, yeah. Only home runs count. And if you do anything else, there's no points for it. Just how many home runs can you hit? And the tiebreaker is who hit the furthest home run um, or, you know, you can you can kind of customize what what players you're allowed to enter. You can you can have AL only leagues, NL only leagues, which I think we will see based on the basketball stuff. Um, having Eastern and Western conferences in basketball, I think that's definitely coming to baseball next year uh, in the normal game. Um, but just kind of being able to you know set your own you know course of action for for a game, uh, what I just think be really really fun. It would make it very social too, which I which I do enjoy. Um, and I think that's one of my problems so far with baseball is I don't think it's social enough, right? Like everything else, you like soccer, you have this collection page where you can kind of show it off to everybody. Uh, you can kind of show off the lineups and everything. Uh, and then obviously there's there's different modes that you can play, whereas baseball, it's really just the one, you know, it's really just the one competition, uh, depending on what scarcity you're in, uh, maybe two competitions. Uh, and that's kind of all you do. There's not, there's no real collecting to it at this point. Uh, there's no real sharing with friends or anything. Um, I know there's some kind of, you know, rewards, they buzz on Twitter when rewards come out, but there's definitely not as much as I've seen in soccer. So I think it'd be really interesting to see a lot of that stuff kind of get put in. And if you do it in a common league, uh, where there's no prizes, I mean, there's, there's no downside to it, right? There's no, like, I mean, it's not like we're giving away prizes for stuff that we shouldn't be. Um, it just allows for more, you know, fun customization. Yeah, it's just a it's a friendly competition. And like you said, it's inviting more people to to join the platform. And, um, you know, what better way to, to get people to join? Like you can simply say, hey, it's cool. You can win new cards, prizes, all that. But um, for me, the biggest driving factor would be if someone said, hey, let's do a league. There's six of us. Um, you just kind of keep it all in house. It's like winner by or winner gets lunch for the week or, or something simple like that. Like to me, that's fun. And now you're playing with friends. You're adding more people to the platform. Um, so I think that's kind of going to be the the biggest aspect to that for sure is really opening up the the social side to it. And you can if if you're going to make it common too, you can have kind of self contained leagues, right? Where you know you could do a you could do a draft like you do in fantasy baseball. You could just do a draft for say we're going to play for this month. And I'm going to get first pick and you get next pick and we'll just do it like that. And it'll be a common league and they'll have a, the leaderboard. And, um, you know, you could, you could also do, you know, other ways other than just like you have to go and buy the cards and then you have to play the cards that you have. Um, you could really kind of open it up. And cause I think one thing with the global cup, that's been fun is I get to play with cards I could never, ever, ever afford in my entire life. And it's like, oh, this is cool to have Messi yeah. on my team. And like he freaking scores every week. It's great. 
Um, and it kind of makes me want Messi more, to be honest with you. Like, oh, I can, uh, instead of Aaron Judge being $300 and I can never afford that, uh, oh, I could just draft him first overall. And now I get to play and he racks up wins like he always does. And, oh, yeah, like that's this is kind of fun. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's a, an interesting idea and definitely interested to see what they have coming up. Um, one thing that they don't appear to have coming up, or at least they've said they have coming up, but we haven't seen anything. And it's been like a few weeks now uh, is collecting missions. We did the yeah. one and it didn't seem like a ton of people did it. And now, you know, we haven't seen anything else. They said they're working on something else. That was like a week and a half ago. That's still nothing new. Um, what are your thoughts? Does it matter? Like, do we care about collecting missions? I don't know. I, I think part of it, I think the initial, I guess, quote unquote, uproar was people wanted, you know, utility and things to happen in the off season. And right. so we gave everyone a gift. They said, go ahead. Here's a challenge. Um, but to your point, it, it feels like there wasn't really a whole lot of talk about it. Um, it was really just going after big names, which a lot of people that were going to complete the missions anyways, already had those cards. Exactly. Um, so now you're really only picking up one extra card to, you know, you get the, the judge or, um, I believe it was Otani was the other one, uh, or Goldschmidt. not, it was judge or Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt excuse me, um, as those two guys who won MVP, but, um, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, support about it, talk about it, anything like that. So, um, it, it doesn't really surprise me that so rare wasn't you know, jumping out to get out, you know, more missions because the support wasn't really there on the first one. Um, but yeah. at the same time, it would be nice to at least have something out there. Um, you know, the first one was MVP. So maybe the second one is Cy Young or rookie of the year. Or, um, you know, you stick with their awards or uh, maybe they pick a, a random team and you have to collect that starting lineup from where they pick a game day of the week or their most common or, um, anything like that where you got to collect all nine players and you win, you know, something like that. So um, it doesn't really surprise me given that there wasn't a whole lot of support. Um, I do think it, it's a little disappointing to see a lot of people were asking for more utility in the off season. And then to see it kind of just fall flat like that was a little disappointing. It felt like people were kind of um, complaining just to complain about it when they really just, there was no interest in it to begin with, but um, it would be cool if they brought back, you know, some some scouting missions for that. It also just kind of keeps people, you know, in the game. It keeps trading. Someone sent me an offer for my Jose Altuve, um, which at the time before I saw the the mission, I was like, that's that's random. He's not really playing. Um, it was a great offer at the time, um, but I, I couldn't pull the trigger fast enough before they canceled it and bought someone else. But I mean, it just it keeps people on the platform at the end of the day. So that's really all you can uh, all you can ask for. So. Uh, the one thing that it did do is it made those guys that were in the collection, it made them fly. Uh, you talked about kind of no one really doing the missions. There were 21 that did the Goldschmidt, which was completing one or the other. And there were 13 that completed both to get the Aaron Judge. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Like a lot of people had most of those cards to begin with. And so they had to buy one or two cards. And so they completed it that way for just normal people who don't own a bunch of superstars and a bunch of MVPs trying to go and collect 20 different cards to get one, you know, Goldschmidt or even, you know, doing the whole thing and completing the judge uh, isn't really practical. It doesn't make sense monetarily. Uh, you're not really wanting to keep those cards after you're done. Um, so I think to your point, kind of having something that seems more random than just like MVPs, like 
yeah, maybe having a random team, like a team of the week uh, would be kind of fun to do because that way you're not having to collect, you know, it doesn't have to be huge prize like judge. Uh, it could be like a smaller prize, you know, get the, if you have all the Phillies, get a Bryce Harper or maybe Bryce Harper's a bad example because he's too big. Like if you have all the Phillies, get an Alec Baum or something like that. Um, yeah, like a tier two or tier three from each team, something like that. Yeah, that's smaller. Something where, like that. Yeah. Um, but the the thing that it did make it make it, the thing that did happen uh, is the market went absolutely crazy on the cards that were in the challenge. So like I'm looking at Andrew McCutcheon's graph. He has probably about 35 sales between November 15th when this thing was announced and November 21st, so like a six day stretch. He got sold 31 times. We just talked about Trey Turner had been sold three times in a month and he just had a big free agent move. So that is good to see. Like it actually did make a lot of people, you know, buy and sell. How many of those people were buying because they wanted to then flip is an interesting question. Um, Cause I, as we said, only 21 people completed the gold Schmidt. So if 30, some people were buying, that doesn't make any sense. Um, right. So could have been a few people trying to buy hype before and then flip it, which probably didn't work out for them too well, given how fast it came back down and is back down to its normal price. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting, an interesting thought experiment to try to figure out a way to, to have more, uh, have more engagement in the platform of the off season. Uh, because I don't know if collecting missions is the way to do it. You're really just benefiting the people that have big collections, which I mean, to be fair, I'm probably one of, uh, as long as they're, I don't have a ton of like MVP type players, but I have a ton of players. Um, so that probably benefits me more than it benefits most people, but even I'm not super interested in it. So, um, yeah, I mean, interesting, uh, interesting idea They're They're trying to listen to the community, which is good. Uh, I think you were right though. I don't think the community knows what it wants. They're just like, we want to be entertained, but we don't know how. Right. So interesting, uh, interesting problem for Sobero to have is do, you, do you, any off the top of your head, is there any way that you would be more uh, involved in baseball at this point in the off season? Uh, I mean, as a big baseball fan, there's really nothing Sobero could put out. That's going to make me want to jump to the platform. I mean, I still kind of just, quickly check the auctions or um, manager sales each day just to kind of see if there's any um, big deals that pop out. So um, for me, there really isn't anything, but for kind of the average baseball fan, um, yeah, I mean, I think the the scouting missions was definitely a, a step in the right direction. Um, it's it's something new. Um, it's something different to, to try and kind of get people. Um, I mean, this is obviously just their, their first attempt on the baseball side. So it's not like they've been doing this and then it flopped. So, um, you know, it can still it can still improve. Um, they can still kind of change some things. And um, I think really just the biggest thing is the fact that they listen to the community is is very reassuring. Um, the community asked for for things to do in the off season and they they delivered. Um, if the community doesn't want to support that and follow through with it, then that's on them. Um, but there are still people that are still gonna, you know, go out, do those scouting missions or um even just buy or trade cards to to kind of keep the market moving. So it's interesting you mentioned trading cards because I think that's maybe the way that I would stay the most engaged is that's naturally what I am. I'm a buy low, sell high kind of guy. Uh, and I kind of look for the deals. And right now, there's no point in me even checking on MLB. I don't even check. I realistically haven't bought a card in, I think, a month probably. Um, and it's just because there's no movement. There's no price change. Nobody's listing anything. Nobody's buying anything. So you can't sell anything. 
Um, so I think maybe the way to do this is to just stimulate the market a little bit and throw out like some, some weird stuff that you wouldn't think of. Like, for example, if you are thinking about buying a team and so says, Hey, for the next week, we're going to have no, um, the 5% is going to be gone just for this week is like a limited time. Like, um, just to kind of get people to trade a little bit more. We're just going to just for this week, would that really, would that pump the market a little bit and people try to go and sell, you know, actually that, that's kind of a sell side, which I don't know if, I don't know if that's a huge thing. Um, but maybe something like that, where there's some incentive for you to go and buy. Obviously, the scouting missions is an incentive to buy, um, but you're not buying that for a long t- a long term. Maybe maybe if you buy this week, you don't get the XP penalty. How about that? Like instead of yeah. having half of your XP go, um, you now get to keep the card as it fully is right now with no XP loss. And that way, you have an in- you have an incentive to buy that card this week. Uh, the seller has some incentive to list it, although the price will probably be a little bit higher. Um, but maybe, maybe it's both. Maybe it's, there's no 5% and you don't have the XP penalty and it's like, you know, trading week, like Merry Christmas. Here's a free week of trading for you. Trade as many cards as you want and set your lineup for next year without the XP penalties and without having selling fees. And that would just kind of get people going a little bit, you know, like get people looking for stuff. Uh, and uh, not having that be like a long-term thing, but just an initial kind of get people re-engaged a little bit. Um, and maybe that, maybe that's later, maybe that's better time for like before spring, spring training starts. Um, but I just think there's, there's just nothing going on. There's nothing happening. What, what are the downsides to that? I mean, off the top of my head, I really can't think of anything. Um, I didn't think of the, the percentage, um, I guess penalty if you, if that's the right way to put it, um, that'd be a, a great way to do it. That really doesn't cost so or anything. Um, it also encourages people to both sell cards, but then also because you lose a the percentage when you trade them as well. Correct? Or is it just when you buy one? Yeah, whenever it moves. So if you whenever, trade, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it gets trading up there as well. So if you're like, hey, I don't really want to put more money into this, but I have you know two cards, kind of like what we did with uh, with Ronald Acuna for that trade. Like it just it gets people. Um, trading gets kind of the market up a little bit. It gets activity up, um, all that. So, um, who knows if that's, if that's something that's possible, if it is, that would be very cool. But yeah, I think if you kind of hammer it home as a, Hey, this is a one week only from this time to this time on this day to this day, um, it gets more people on there. And then if you miss out, then, you know, you can still go out and buy these cards or trade these cards or, you know, anything like that, but you're, you know, it just kind of goes back to normal. So, um, it, it's kind of like a, I guess, a flash sale in some way, um, which sort would be kind of nice. But yeah, I mean, if if you make it limited time, that's I think really going to drive some people out there for sure. If you're trying to buy a team for next season and you see, hey, you're not going to have any XP penalties and you're not going to have any selling penalties. Are you going to go buy your team and or sell some players to buy your team? Like, is that is that enough of an incentive for you to actually want to move something on baseball if they announce that to everybody on server? I think so. I definitely go try and pick up a couple cards. Um, also for people who are new to the platform who, you know, just got in for basketball. Um, obviously baseball was, was way over at that point, but they're like, maybe like, Hey, I want to get into baseball. That'd be a great way for them to kind of start their collection there. So, you know, it, it benefits people that both have a collection already and are trying to bulk up. Um, but also helps people that don't have any baseball cards and um, kind of see it as a way for a, a cheaper alternative where, 
Uh, maybe they're on the football side too and um, and got in again on basketball. So they know about the percent drop, um, but just don't have any baseball cards. It, it adds people to there and um, which then means more people in, um, in tournaments, there's more trading, you know, during the season and all that. So um, I think it really kind of helps, uh, helps long-term as well if they were to uh, try something like that. And I mean, worst case, they do it for a week. It doesn't get a ton of traction and then they it's just kind of back to the drawing board. It is what it yeah. is. Like there's really, not that there's nothing to lose. I'm sure there's some downside that we don't know about on the back end, but um, yeah, I mean, it seems like just kind of the, to the common fan, there's, there's really no downside to it. And um, worst case, it doesn't go well. And that's just, oh, well, on to the next one. Yeah. Some, some idea to try. And when it solves all of silver baseball's problems, we'll just take 1% of the profit that they make. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Little, I'd little even take 0.5. That's fine. Yeah. 0.5% of $70 billion is, is a decent amount, right? Yeah. We're down. We're down with that. We're, yeah. we're very nice here. We don't even need a whole percent. Yeah. Um, so one thing that was good and I'm glad. Uh, all right. So I'm not glad that Trippin's not here. That was a bad way to say that. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I'm talking to you about this because he is not a common guy at all. So he will not care about card swaps. Um, but card swaps are here for baseball, which yeah. I think is great. I'm a big, big, big common player. I like to think of myself as a common whale. My basketball team has gotten very good. My baseball team has gotten better off the playoffs, um, but it's still not where I want it to be. And then we have card swaps. So now I can finally get rid of stupid Juan Soto. (laughs) (laughs) What are are your thoughts about card swaps? Obviously a fun thing. Um, Does it get you back on baseball at all? Do you check? Absolutely. I mean, as I mentioned, I've been checking anyways, but now it really gets me checking and there's, you know, it brings strategy to it. Um, if you have a big card, you don't want to use, you can flip them. Um, I've mainly been doing my cards with very low L tens that are backup catchers or are kind of bouncing up and down from minor league ball to, to the big league roster. Um, Robbie has been doing, um, he's been kind of following along just to kind of track to see what it's been like. So, um, it's only been a couple of days, but I was kind of looking through his, uh, his Google sheets to look at that. And, um, definitely a cool project. Obviously Jorge and I are trying it on basketball. They kind of go from, um, a tier five all the way up to a superstar. So, um, adds more utility, but also just keeps people checking baseball, um, in baseball, especially there's a ton of cards that you can get where, um, maybe the guy plays 50 games a year and he's never going to see your lineup. And now you have a chance to to kind of work your way up to flip him into something that, you know, maybe turns into something big or you have Juan Soto and you're just saying, Hey, give me anyone but him. So um, there's both sides to it and it's, it's exciting. So um, I don't know if you want to want to do it on, on the show or not, but if you want to do your card swap, that could be kind of a kind of fun to do here. So here's my problem, right? I say, I want to get rid of Juan Soto, but he's also a 9% bonus Juan Soto. Like, do I that, really want to dump bonus. that? That's a and big something bonus. to consider. He also gets Fernando Tatis back in that lineup next season. But it, I do think that the nine percent is a, is like a most of the sure. season. What is the what's the situation I, on Tatis? I, I thought so. I thought he comes back. Um, I know he was hurt, and then he got suspended. But I don't know how long he was suspended for. Let's see. Suspended eighty games from eligible to return on April twentieth. So he misses the first month. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Also, can we get Tatis cards so that I can buy one before next season starts? Like, that'd be cool. I'd be down with that. Uh, but yeah, you're 100% right. Like, Soto does get, that's a better lineup with uh, with Tatis in it, like significantly better. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know what to do. I, I guess I should should probably keep him. Maybe I get rid of Bryce Harper because I do hate him too. That I mean, Bryce Harper is missing part of the season for um for UCL surgery. Um, so that's something to mm. to keep an eye on there. All right, we're doing Bryce um, Harper. We're doing it live. But at the same time, it's still Bryce Harper. So when he's healthy, he's gonna hit nukes. He's in an unreal <laughs> lineup. We did it live. That's why we do it live. And all right. Here are the options. I don't even know what I'm going to do. This is crazy. <laughs> Here are the options. Bo Bichette, Pete Alonzo, Freddie Freeman, Jose Ramirez, or Ronald Acuna Jr. I was, I was <laughs> wondering why you continued after Freddie Freeman, because I know uh, you loved him when he was on the Braves. Yeah, I know he's I not there anymore. I am sorry, but um, I was wondering why you waited or you kept naming names after Freeman, but now I see why. And I mean, Ronnie Acuna, hello. I mean, I have to go Ronnie, right? I feel I do like love, that's the way. Don't I have a Jose Ramirez? Hold on. Is, I guess I is this, I have for, a Jose is this Ramirez for Soto or Harper? Not that it really makes Harper. a difference, but Harper. See, I have yeah, a limited. I'd probably go Ronnie out of those. I have a limited and a rare of Jose Ramirez, but I'm I'm probably still going Ronald Acuna Jr. Oh, I get the best player in baseball for free. This is why card swaps are great, people. Do your card swaps. Yes. Get rid of all your Phillies because Trey Turner's there. I'm the proud new owner of a Ronald Acuna Jr. And he's going to start getting bonus points now. He's going to start racking up his XP because we get yeah. that off-season XP. What a day. What a day we've had here today. It's been great. Um, yeah. Check the Patreon. Our guy Nick Mitchell's going ham on uh, on baseball trading. So shout out to him. Uh, so if you're interested in trading baseball, obviously there's not a ton going on, but this is the time to strike and he's got you covered over there on the Patreon. We'll link it in the description. Uh, anything you want to plug for the, for the people of the, of the baseball world here, Mr. Alec? Uh, I'm going to do a, a quick little humble, bra- or I should say humble brag, humble plug and uh, plug, obviously the so rare in the States basketball podcast. Um, Jorge and I record that it comes out every Friday. So um, staying within the uh, within the sits family, as we like to call it. Um, but other than that, I mean, just just keep grinding away, keep making trades, looking at the market. Now's the time to buy. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I can't wait for uh, you know for the season to start. We're still a, a long time away from that. But um, nice to see that there's at least uh, you know some effort being put in on the uh, on the server side with the uh, the original mission. Um, whichever one's coming next. And then obviously with, uh, with private leagues next year. So um, definitely reassuring for that and, and can't wait for uh, for a year too. So I have two fun facts to kind of close things up here. I believe that you are the first person to actually say sits podcast on the sits podcast. Cause we just refer to that internally as the sits podcast, but I don't think anyone's actually said it if, unless I'm maybe missing something. So I think you just made history there. Um, other fun fact the Sits Basketball Podcast is co-hosted by an Emmy replacement. Yeah. How does that sound? I mean, that sounds fun. We might have to throw that in the intro. Jorge's been killing it with the uh, with the rhymes recently in the last two episodes. But um, yeah, we might have to throw in the uh, the Emmy replacement as well to, to really throw the icing on the cake there. Yeah. Love it. Cool. Sorry. Two-time Emmy replacement. Two-time. Tripping one, two, right? Oh, I thought you meant you like replaced him two times. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I was like, wait, Emmy what? Did I miss something? Two-time winner. Wow. That's something to put on your resume for sure. Okay, Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Have, have a great week. We will maybe see you next week. Maybe not. Our schedule's a little loose. It depends on when news comes out, guys. When news comes out, we'll be here with it. 
so let's let's pray to the silver gods that we get some more news and we can record again next week. But Three, until the next two, time, one. you guys have a wonderful rest of your holiday.